Welcome back to After the Buzz of Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. Uh, it's been a crazy week or so here, especially in the sports world, and I know I haven't done a podcast in about 10 days. Uh, I wanted to do one a couple days after I did my podcast with Thomas, but with the coronavirus, I knew after I talked about that, there wouldn't be much to talk about. I kind of forgot about NFL free agency because I was just so caught up in the moment, uh, but We've got a ton to talk about today. Not only do I want to talk about the coronavirus and its effect on sports, but I also want to talk about everything that's happened in NFL free agency, which has been a ton of stuff. And also, uh, before I get to uh, any of that, I'm going to be answering a call in a minute here on the XFL. I know it's shut down right now, but I still want to talk about it because we got a caller. Um, So I'm definitely going to answer that. Uh, The call happened before the XFL shut down and whatnot, but I'm still answering that. Uh, so I guess we'll get to that call now. What are your thoughts on the XFL? And if do you think it's going to have a positive or a negative impact on the NFL? All right. Thank you for the call, Ben. Um, the XFL. Me, I don't co- cover it. I don't follow it. I'll watch it occasionally if it's on TV. Right now, the season's canceled. I know I just said that, but... I don't think it has a negative impact at all on the NFL. In fact, I think it has a positive impact because when I look at it, the XFL will never compete with the NFL. Not a chance. The XFL is like AAA baseball to the MLB. It's not going to compete with the NFL. But you know what it does do? It produces some new players. The XFL and the NFL kind of exchange. It is kind of like the MLB and the AAA in the sense that a lot of NFL backups and players that get cut from their teams go to the XFL. Like that's the, their backup plan. And the XFL is starting to produce some players like I knew it would. Uh, report nine hours ago from Mile High Report. They're reporting this. Broncos are interested in XFL star quarterback P.J. Walker. I don't know who that is because uh, I haven't really watched much. If it's on TV, sure, I'll watch a little bit of it. I don't cover it, though, or anything. But there are a couple players in the XFL that get an opportunity in the NFL. So if anything, it doesn't hurt the NFL. It's not a huge thing. Like the XFL is not going to give you some superstar, but it, you know, it gives some teams a few extra options. And I don't think the XFL hurts because it doesn't compete with the NFL at all. Uh, it, and if anything, it keeps fans into the football season because the XFL was just on three weeks ago, two weeks ago before coronavirus hit. And Um, it keeps fans kind of in the swing of things for the NFL because, like me personally, the NFL offseason is so boring. Besides this time right now where there's free agency and then the draft, it's boring. Really, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. I I mean, I enjoy, you know, when, like, you know what really pumps me up? Like, hearing about the preseason, you know, it's the summertime. Like, it's like, okay, the NFL season is right on the brink of things. Like, that's exciting, but uh, preseason itself is boring. Like, watching it, it's pretty boring. Um, and overall, the NFL offseason is just a boring time. So the XFL kind of keeps fans into it a little bit. And again, it produces a few players. Uh, some players that maybe dropped out of the NFL shine in the XFL and teams like, why not give him a second or third or fourth chance, whatever it is for that player. Or some players that never got a chance in the NFL and then they shine in the XFL. It's like, maybe he deserves a shot. It doesn't hurt the NFL by any means, uh, but I don't cover the XFL or anything like that. 
maybe I should look into a few of these players that are reportedly might get a chance in the NFL. Uh, but that's all I've really got to say in the XFL. So now before I get to the exciting, the more excited part, I'm excited to talk about this NFL free agency. I need to talk about the coronavirus and its effect on sports first. So let's get to that. All right. Coronavirus took the world by storm, took the sports world, which is what I'm going to focus on, by storm. It kind of hit really quickly. I know it's been a thing since like November, and as soon as it was a thing, I knew about it, but really just for the sports world, like it happened so fast. Me and Thomas were doing a podcast on Wednesday, not like Wednesday a couple days ago, but last Wednesday. My last podcast was with Thomas, and that was on Wednesday, and at that time, the coronavirus was really starting to heat up. And then all of a sudden, we heard the reports of that the Warriors will be playing with no fans and the NCAA t- tournament will be playing with no fans. That was a shock. That kind of came out of nowhere. And kind of re- it just – that was shocking in itself. Little did we know this was going to snowball and keep coming and just this massive, huge thing. That day we did like an NBA podcast, like not thinking that hours later the NBA season would be suspended. We didn't think that at all. A little, I'd probably a half an hour after we finished that podcast, we heard the news about the Warriors and the March Madness, no fans. That was shocking to us. But we moved past it. And then we, I go home and I hear about how the NBA season, I uh, finished watching my episode of Survivor on Wednesday night. And then, all of a sudden, I come up, you know, I see that the Thunder Jazz game just gets canceled on nowhere. I'm like, this is, you've got to be kidding me. Rudy Gobert's got the coronavirus. Then the season's suspended. I, it was all crazy. It was too much to handle, like, all at once. It was pretty uh, surreal. Everything was canceled. I remember Friday night, golf was on. That was the only thing. I don't mind watching golf. I think it's fine. I think it's good. I cover it. I'll, you know, not like I do the NBA and the NFL, but I know enough about it. I find golf fine. I'll watch it. Uh, but that was the only thing that I was on too. It was just like, I'm salvaging this, like really. And I knew, you know, after this tournament, golf might be done. And then they ended up going with no fans the next day. And then it was just done. Yeah. It, it was just crazy. It all was just like, all right, enjoy this while it lasts. Aiden. Um, but pretty much everything's done, but honestly, I'm not too depressed about it. Because the NFL free agency is honestly enough for me. I would love to tune into a Celtics game right now or whatnot, but I've, I think I've, I'm okay with it now because I'm starting to grow accustomed to it. But I think once NFL free agency dies down, then it's going to hit again. Like, oh, there's nothing. But with NFL free agency, I feel like at least there's something. Yeah, you can't watch NFL free agency, but you can talk about it. It's something. Because I... The, you, there's just... All I can really talk about is the possibilities. Like, for the NBA... I believe as long as they're not resuming the season in August or July, they could resume the season from the playoffs. I think the NBA should really resume the season starting with the playoffs. So whatever their regular season record is now, you know, whatever the one through eight seed, that when the NBA is safe enough for them to resume play, they should just start with the playoffs automatically. Yes, that kind of screws over teams on the nine and 10 seed that were starting to creep up. But it is what it is. In every scenario, somebody is getting screwed. If we decide not to resume the season at all, teams like the Clippers, Bucks, Lakers had a great chance at NBA championships now lose a chance. Like, that's kind of screwing them over. If we do something where it's like a 
you know, the top two seeds from each conference to the Eastern, you know, their conference finals. And we go to the NBA finals uh, teams like the, um, the Celtics. I'm a Celtics fan. You guys know that. Um, some of those teams like three and four seeds that felt like they had a decent chance to make a run. Uh, the Rockets who were kind of a team, like they've got an okay chance at doing something this year. And, you know, with the Westbrook James Harden thing, you know, how long is that going to last? They Their championship window starting to close. So teams like that that were just outside, and yeah, maybe not win the NBA championship, but they were hoping to make a run at it. Now you're kind of screwing them. Uh, but I just think the best opportunities for the NBA to just act like last Wednesday was the ending of the regular season. And then when it's safe to resume play, it's the start of the playoffs. Yeah, you're screwing over nine and ten seeds, but it's the best scenario, in my opinion. Uh, that's all I really have to say. I don't really want to talk about this anymore. I'm starting to get sick of it. Uh, I, and personally, I, mostly, not to make any, that was all kind of excuses. I just want to talk about NFL free agency. I'm a Patriots fan, as you can, uh, as you can imagine. This has been a very hectic week just being a Patriots fan you know and there's a lot to talk to uh not talk to talk about so I want to get to it and first I'm going to start with the elephant in the room Tom Brady leaving the Patriots and joining the Buccaneers so let's get to that all right the elephant in the room Tom Brady leaving the New England Patriots that is the biggest move of free agency and it will stay that way I mean whether you think yeah Tom Brady probably wasn't the very best player in free agency, I think I could name players that were better, but overall value. But Tom Brady is the biggest name by far. I mean, he's the best player to ever touch a football. So him leaving the team that he's played for for 20 years is significant. So that is the biggest move of free agency. And he's still a great player, too. I have been a Patriots fan my whole life. Tom Brady's my favorite athlete. That That is not changing. I'm still a Patriots fan. Uh, Tom Brady's still my favorite athlete. Uh, I am... I will say it shocked me they went to the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers have always been my, I'll, I'll say, third favorite team. Uh, I, I like their stadium. I think they're, you know, I, I don't think they're a successful organization. They won the championship back in 03, but I don't think they're a very successful organization as a whole. Um, I, I don't know. I just like their stadium, I, I guess. I just like some of their players. So Buccaneers were always my third favorite team. And I guess that that's fitting because Tom Brady went there. So Tom Brady didn't go to a team that I hate. Um, I'm interested to see what he does there. Um, sorry for saying um so much. I really did think, though, that when he left New England, he was going to the Chargers. I thought, it, really for a while, it was either New England or Los Angeles with the Chargers. I'm surprised it was Tampa. Uh, I can't say I was shocked, but I'm pretty surprised. It was upsetting news. I thought Tom Brady was going to come back because he always does. All the time, you know, the media, you know, speculation. Tom Brady likes to lead us on and thinking he's going to leave. And then he comes back. Yeah, it was an easy decision. Oh, it's all fun and games. And Tom Brady comes and wins another ring. And it's going to take some adjusting. When they lost to the Titans, I realized this could be his last game in New England. But I just thought, no, no way. It's a tough reality to face. And every time I see, you know, Tom Brady quarterback of the Buccaneers it's just not right it just doesn't feel right that's not it's it does remind me a lot of Michael Jordan going to the Wizards was I alive when that happened no but I still look at MJ in a Wizards jersey and get that weird feeling 
This one hurts even harder because I see it in live time and I didn't even watch MJ play. I didn't even see that live. And Tom Brady's my favorite athlete of all time. It's weird. Um, sorry, I, I need to stop saying um. Uh, but <laughs> Tom Brady's deal with the Buccaneers, two years for $50 million, all of it's guaranteed. Uh, that also includes $9 million in incentives, 4.5 obviously per year, nine divided by two. Um, and it also, if I say that word one more time, the contract also prohibits tags and trades, so franchise tags and trades. That's a decent deal. I thought Tom Brady was gunning for maybe three years, but I think two was enough for him. Bill Belichick was not invested in keeping Tom Brady around. The phone call with Tom Brady didn't go well from what I'm, uh, from my understanding. It just felt like Bill Belichick was all kind of ready to move on. I mean, I think he wanted Tom Brady back, but he wasn't willing to commit two years. Bill Belichick has always doubted Tom Brady's ability to play till he's 45. So I'm not surprised. I mean, I am surprised that this has changed because Tom Brady continuously proves him wrong. But Tom Brady probably got two years in Tampa. Maybe, you know, decides to extend that to a third. Or, but, uh, you know, he's going to be there for two. It's kind of is like MJ with the Wizards. I'm interested, though, to see what Tom Brady does in the new system. Because at first, I, I think Tom Brady is the man that he is today, a lot in part because of Bill Belichick. Tom Brady's work ethic has got him really ultimately to where he was at, but I think Bill Belichick built the foundation. Yes, Tom Brady always had this confidence. He always, you know, he walked in the first day, you know, he met Robert Kraft and said, I'm the best football player you've ever met. He always had that confidence and he always had the work ethic, but I think Bill Belichick gave him the extra push that he needed because I could walk into New England right now and say, I'm the best football player, but I'm not. I don't even play football. I'm good at backyard football. I don't play real football. And I think no matter how hard I worked at it, I don't think I'd ever be the best player of all time. I think you need that also little extra push. Most of us do. And Bill Belichick gave that to him. Bill Belichick, you know, really helped him out a lot. I think if Tom Brady walked in there with that confidence and had uh, Joe Schmo as his coach, I don't think he'd be where he's at right now. Bill Belichick definitely helped him with that. I'm interested to see what Bill Belichick does and what Tom Brady does. Bill Belichick and the Patriots a lot. Um, I don't think it's all bad. Tom Brady leaving is not all bad. Uh, honestly, I saw the light. I was just like, this is not that bad. This might be even better for the Patriots because if we kept Tom Brady, now we're still sitting here with not much cap room. We've got a crum crumbling tower. You're sitting here with this crumbling tower, you know, it doesn't have much of a spark to it. It's old, it's crumbling, and you don't have much money to repair it. Yeah, you can maybe repair, you know, the door here and a window here, but you really can't do much. And it's just going to continue to crumble. That's where the Patriots were, because they had so many of these old players on these, con you know, bigger contracts. They don't have many assets. Their best young players, they're punter, for crying out loud. Jake Bailey's a great young player, but he's a punter. I mean, like... On the Redskins, debatably their best player is Tressway. That is their punter. He's one of their best players. That is not a good thing. Yeah, you could have a really good punter. Like, Jake Bailey's a very good young punter, but it's not good if your punter's your best young player unless he is Johnny Hecker on steroids. Like, that's just not a good thing. So, the Patriots are sitting in a tough spot. If they sign Tom Brady back, they now can't blow it up. Instead, they have to try to 
continue to get more veterans because Tom Brady doesn't like the young guys and they don't have much cap space. It just it put them in a bad spot personally. Now, if you get rid of Tom Brady, you can just let things free. You can you can do what you want now. Bill Belichick now is the authority to blow this team up and find the next quarterback because Tom Brady would panic every time you pick Jared Stidham in the, what the fourth round and he started kind of getting a little panicky. You had to trade Jimmy Garoppolo because Brady didn't want him here. Now with Brady gone, not only does that open up cap space, but it opens up the opportunity to get the next quarterback and blow up the rest of the team because now before Tom Brady needed a good defense that could help support him, Tom Brady needed weapons. You need to spend money on good weapons or else he wasn't happy. So it's this is awesome. If they don't go out, though, and draft a quarterback or sign a young quarterback and Andy Dalton is under center, I'm not happy because Andy Dalton isn't the quarterback for the future. Unless, unless they really put a lot of faith in the Jarrett Stidham. And they just decide to start Andy Dalton for one year. Like, that type of thing. I guess that's okay. I don't think Stidham's the next guy, though. Unless, I, I'm leaving it up to Bill. But here's the thing. Yeah, you're saying, Aiden, they could at least try to go out a run for, for one more, two more years, and then Bill could find the next guy. I don't like that. Because why not just start earlier? Why not, you know, Bill Belichick, let's say he has five years left. That's great. Five years to find the next quarterback for the you know the greatest head coach has five years to find the next quarterback. He found Tom Brady. Like, I'm not saying it's gonna be the easiest task in the world. Quarterbacks don't just come and go in this league. They're hard to find. We're not gonna get Tom Brady. Like, we're not gonna get the next Tom Brady. But just get somebody decent. I think Bill can find that. But if we wait two years for Tom Brady, now what? Bill Belichick still has three years. Let's say he had four. Now he has two years to find the next quarterback. Like, that's not a lot of time. Now he's got four or five years to do it. You know, I think he's here for at least the next two to three years. Maximum five, six. So, two to six years, yeah. So if he, you know, Brady, if it was only two years, that he's only got like two years left in him. If Brady re-signed, he would have been walking out the door with Brady, and then we would have Joe Schmo trying to find our next quarterback. That's not good. I like that Bill Belichick is the one with, starting the next chapter. Because this is the next chapter. Brady is gone. And we need to accept the reality of that. Personally, me, I've already moved on. I've already moved on. The second he left, I was like, all right, let's do our morning today. Tomorrow, we're going to start fresh. He's gone. That's the reality of it. We need to find the next guy now. It's not all bad. I want the team to blow it up. If we suck next year, it is what it is. Because I'd rather suck for one or two years and then be great for 10 than have Tom Brady be, you know, pretty good for one or two years and then be terrible for the next possibly 10, 15 years because you didn't give Bill Belichick enough time to find the next guy. You know, one or two years, you know, I know for me personally it's going to be tough because all the time, you know, when I'm watching the Patriots, my whole life they've always been good. So it's going to be different. But I'm kind of like it's not too bad because, you know, the Celtics, I've had rough years with the Celtics. I mean, personally, here in Boston, we do get spoiled. I'm not going to lie. But I'll get over it. You know, bad Patriots team. No Tom Brady. It's going to be so weird seeing him play in Tampa. Oh, it's, it's going to be really odd. It's not going to feel right. I do believe, though, uh, I'm going to – we play the Rams division this year, which is the NFC West. We just played – we just played the – oh, we're not going to face Tom Brady – Wait, are we? Wait, I think we will. Not this year, but next. So this year, I know we faced the 49ers and the Seahawks and them. We're, we just faced the Cowboys division last year. 
that was, yeah, in 2017, I remember we faced the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Thursday night football week five. I remember that game. The score was like 17 to nine or something like that. I remember that game. It was the, it was the year after we beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl. So I do think we faced Tom Brady. I'd like to see him come back to Gillette. He'd get a warm welcoming. I still love Tom. I, I'm not mad at Tom Brady one bit for leaving. He wants to end, you know, I personally don't think it may not be the best decision, but he's going to Tampa Bay. He gets to play with these great receivers, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, he's still playing under a decent coach in Bruce Arians. He's a decent quarterback's coach. Uh, and he's going there to have fun. You know, he's going to be in the warm weather. Um, it'll help expand his brand a little bit. He's just going to have fun there. Like you saw what James Winston did. Did They just chucked the ball, you know, all, all the time. James Winston led the league in passing yards. He also led the league in interceptions. They just chucked the ball. They just air it out. And it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has to be such a fun but frustrating team to watch. They are the weirdest team in the league. James Winston threw for 30 touchdowns, the most passing yards in the league, and 30 interceptions. How is that even possible? They just air it out. It has to be frustrating because they their defense sucks. And they're either passing for five touchdowns or throwing five interceptions. Like, that That has to be the weirdest team to watch of all time. And now Tom Brady's playing with that offense. It's going to be fun to watch. And it's going to hurt to watch as a Patriots fan. But it's the reality of it. We have to move on. But it, it might be a great opportunity. Like, we can trade Stephon Gilmore right now and get a couple high draft picks. A few, I'd say. We could probably get a first in two seconds. And, like, a, a fourth in, you know... A linebacker. I don't know. Just something like that. We could get a... Like, Stephon Gilmore's Defensive Player of the Year. We could get a ton for him. Trade him now while he still has value. Because if you hold on to him for another year, he loses some value. You know, maybe he gets hurt. God forbid. Just trade him now. Like, like start to shop him and see what's out there for him. Because I'm sure some teams would be willing to give up a first or two in more for Stephon Gilmore. He's just that good. He's amazing. Uh, so I'm down to blow it all up. Uh... And I'm interested to see what Bill does in the whole process as well. I've always been so used to the contending that let's see what Bill Belichick does blowing a team up and rebuilding it. That would be interesting to see. Uh, but now I just want to get to some of the other moves. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders with the Saints, not a bad move at all. I always thought they needed a number two wide receiver. Michael Thomas is great, and he's clearly can get 10-plus catches a game pretty much any given night, even with no real other wide receivers. But with Emmanuel Sanders, that opens things up even more. That makes their uh, offense even more dynamic. And two years, 16 mil. The thing with Sanders, though, is he's a little inconsistent, but at least you have the consistency in Michael Thomas. You just got to – I think Sanders is more of a name than he is at this point than production-wise. Um, but I, I think this move is okay for the Saints, but I'm glad they got a second receiver. Melvin Gordon to the Broncos, uh, same deal, two years, 16 mil. I really don't feel that good about this move. The Broncos should be spending their money trying to find a quarterback, build up the offensive line, get some weapons. But instead, they're paying another running back. I mean, yeah, they're not paying Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman. They're not paying any running backs. I don't think Philip Lindsay's that great, but at least just roll it out with the young guys. Like, I don't think Melvin Gordon's a fit here. I really don't at all. And I think they should be spending their money on other, thi uh, other things. Eric Ebron to the Steelers, not a bad move at all. 
the uh, the Steelers have Vance McDonald. He's okay. So they're just getting another weapon in here, you know. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be coming back. Why not get, like, this touchdown threat, you know, this big end zone threat in Eric Ebron? I think it's a little move, and I think it's not a huge move or a little movie that's kind of in the middle, but it's not a bad move for the Steelers at all. Uh, I'm, not, I'm skipping some of these littler moves here. Smaller, not littler. Malcolm Jenkins. <sighs> Going to the Saints. Need to think about this one for a second. I didn't know. I forgot about this. Let me think. All right. I got it. Four years, 32 mil. I was thinking about that. I think that's a good for Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, but the thing with the Saints, I was just thinking about this. I didn't really remember they made this move. I Malcolm Jenkins was on the Eagles last year. I don't remember. I didn't know they made this move. I just saw this now. So much has happened. I didn't know they made this move. Uh, and the thing that I'm really just as flabbergasted me is how much cap space does this team have? Is it just me or the New Orleans Saints? Like I don't. I can't find a hole on their roster. They have the head coach. They have the quarterback. They have the weapons. They got the running backs. They've got the offensive line. Their defense is well rounded. How much money does this team have? Like seriously. So you're signing Malcolm Jenkins now for eight mil a year. I think that's a decent deal. But how much money? Like that—that that was just why I was kind of taken back at first, and I didn't know about the deal. Uh, Todd Gurley to the Falcons. I think this is actually a decent move. One year, six mil. It's not a lot. We know Gurley's potential. Todd Gurley, unfortunately, he has arthritis in his knee. We saw what he can do when healthy, but last year he wasn't. He's very inconsistent. Gurley can give you some big games here and there, but that's Devontae Freeman. The reason I like this is because of the risk-reward. Somewhat low risk, one year, six mil, pretty high reward. Devont, he's kind of like an upgraded Devontae Freeman. Both of them are injury-prone. Both of them are inconsistent, and last season gave you a handful of bad games, but a couple good ones. So, I really, it just feels like, they let go Devontae Freeman just to get a little bit of a better version of him. Because they cut Devontae Freeman and then just got Todd Gurley. They're kind of the same thing as in they're similar physique too. But not only that, they're just these injury-prone, inconsistent players that can give you a handful of bad games and a couple good ones. So I don't really know how I feel about that one after rethinking it. Um, oh, I didn't really want to talk about Andre, uh, offensive lineman, but guard Andres Pete signed a five-year five. Five. I haven't been in school for a week. Uh, $57.5 million deal. I don't think this is really that great of a deal. Especially because how much money does this team have? And that's over 11 mil a year for a guard. And I don't think Pete's worth 11 mil a year over that. How much money does this team have, though? This is taking me back, honestly. If I see one more deal worth over $2 million for the Saints... I'm going to start calling the F. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> um, Dante Fowler signing with the Falcons. Three years, $46 million. Um, this is a high, kind of high-risk, high-reward thing for the Falcons because three years, $48 million is no small contract. And Dante Fowler, I've seen what he can do. <sighs> Actually... Yeah, I'd say this is high risk. I, high risk. No, 
medium risk, high reward. Dante Fowler is a very good player. I take that back. I'm taking a lot of my opinions back after rethinking these because I didn't really look into the deals. I just saw, oh, so-and-so signed so-and-so. I know some of the contracts. I didn't know this one. So at first, I thought he was getting like 42 mil a year. Some of these are taking... As you can tell, I did not check the contracts before this. Uh, but that's a decent deal because the Falcons need pass rushing. They do not have any pass rushing. So that's a good thing that they got that. Andrew Whitworth with the Rams, three years, $30 million. Um, whoa. Three years for a 38-year-old tackle? 10 mil a year? The Rams, this is not a very good move at all. Uh, Andrew Whitworth clearly has been declining on these past couple of years. Um, he's just, he's declining. I don't know what else to say besides his play is declining. He's 38 years old, and now you have a contract with him for 10 million a year till he's 41. Not a good move, in my opinion, at all. Uh, Dennis Kelly, three years, 17.3 million. Not really going to talk about that. Uh, let's look. Rams releasing Todd Gurley. What do I think about that? Not a terrible move because the Rams don't have a ton of cap space. Todd Gurley, clearly an injury-prone guy, and we all—I already talked about how all of that. But I think it's all right. I think it was okay for them to move on. I know play action—they need a running back now because the Rams' offense is built off their play action game. Like their ability to run the ball opens up their play action slash passing game. So if they don't have a running back. Their play action slash passing game isn't going to work either, and they're going to have a very stagnant offense, so they need to find a running back. Lion trade Darius Slade to the Eagles, uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles got Darius Slade. The Lions got a third and a fifth. At the trade deadline last season, sorry, my throat really hurts after this. I'm going to take a quick break. <coughs> oh, I don't have Corona, don't worry. Um, I think the Eagles win this trade, by the way. The Lions were shopping Slay last um, trade deadline. We all thought the Eagles were going to get him. They didn't. Now they do. And maybe they were just waiting for his price to lower down. I don't really know. But I think a third and a fifth is a great deal for the Eagles. I don't think they're giving up a lot for what is clearly a very good cornerback in Darius Slay. All right. Next, I want to talk about Desmond Trufant going to the Lions. The Lions send... Um, Darius Slay away kind of seemed like they were really shopping him for a while. And it seemed like they kind of want to go into rebuild mode. And then they signed Desmond Trufant, a 29-year-old cornerback who is clearly on the decline because he got hurt a year and a half ago, you know, a year or two ago. And they signed him to a two-year $21 million deal. It's 10 and a half a year. I don't think Trufant deserves that. Well, I think he deserves it. Uh, deserve, that's the wrong word. I don't think he's worth that because he hasn't played at a very high level ever since his injury, and he's only getting older. He's, you know, he's exiting his prime now. So, I, I you know, maybe he plays some sort of veteran role, but I just don't really see the point of it if you're trying to kind of rebuild. I get it. You need somebody back there, cornerback. I just don't think Trufant's the guy. Uh, let's look. I'm looking for kind of bigger moves that I want to talk about uh, for a minute here. I can't get to everything. Uh, Chris Harris Jr. signing with the Chargers. Um, it's not a terrible deal for the Chargers. Not a great one at the same time either. The Chargers needed, I think, one more DB. And I think they got it in Chris Harris. But 
with their quarter. I, I here's my thing with the Chargers: should they rebuild or should they continue to try to contend? Because last season they were very bad; they sucked, but they only lost every game by eight points or less. So I think with the Chargers, what they're trying to do is, even though yes, they're no longer gonna have Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers struggled at quarterback. Even if Tyrod Taylor's the quarterback, it's not gonna get a whole lot worse, believe it or not. Uh, so if they just have a strong defense and good weapons around the quarterback, maybe things won't be so bad. I could see the Chargers sneaking in a, a, as a wild card team if they can get their act together in the fourth quarter and maybe their defense uh, can hold things up uh, for the, what I think is going to be kind of a struggling offense. But at the same time, I also believe that with a struggling quarterback, with all the weapons, you know, Tyrod Taylor's not going to be that great, but he's going to have weapons around him. So I think the Chargers could manage. So this isn't a terrible deal because I think still think they're in contending mode. Uh, let's keep looking. Jarrell Casey to the Broncos. I wanted to talk about this. And it's not a huge move, uh, but it's a great move for the Broncos. The Broncos have made some pretty good... Pretty good trades here, getting A.J. Boye for a fifth or a fourth, I forget. <laughs> so much that's happened. and But now they're getting Jarrell Casey for a seventh. Jarrell Casey's, you know, no all-pro tackle, defensive tackle, but he's a good player. For a seventh-round pick, that's a no-brainer. Titans, I, I, you know, I don't really understand why you'd give him up for a seventh, but I know you have Jeffrey Simmons, but... Brian Poole to the Jets, uh, he's not that great, but for one year's five mil, that's a steal. I think this was a great move for the Jets to uh, to sign him back, uh, not sign him back, to get him from the Falcons. So I don't know why I said sign him back. Oh, my, I don't even know. <laughs> um, but Brian Poole for one year, five million dollars is a very good deal. I don't think he's that great. But for one year, five mil, I can't stress it enough. I love these little deals because sometimes the big move isn't the one. Sometimes you just need to find that guy that no one's really talking about and sign him for uh, a very low risk, high reward deal. That is a the definition of a low risk, high reward deal. All right, let's keep looking. Robert Quinn to the Bears. Five years, $70 million. He's bounced around the league a little bit from the Cowboys to the Rams. Now he's on the Bears. The Bears' pass rush is even better. My thing, though, is is it too much at this point? The Bears need a quarterback. The Bears need a wide, another wide receiver, I'd say, uh, whether that, or a tight end, either one. They have Allen Robinson, but they could use another weapon. Okay, so they need another weapon. They need a quarterback. They could upgrade the offensive line. Maybe get another DB. The one thing that's okay with this team is their pass rush, but they, that seems to be the only thing they're building upon. They've got Khalil Mack. They've got Roquan Smith. You need Robert Quinn, too. I mean, they're going to be have an amazing pass rush. Don't get me wrong. But it feels like they should spend some of that money in other areas. Uh, but I still think this is an okay deal because the contract, it's a fair deal. But I, I And I, I like where their head's at. You know, keep that strong pass rush, but... I don't need know if it needs to get any stronger. Uh, Jordan Phillips to the Cardinals, three years, 30 mil. I think they overpaid him. Teddy Bridgewater to the Panthers, three years, 30, $63 million. I'm telling you, Teddy Bridgewater, I like him. 
but at the same time, I don't. I think he was a good fit with the New Orleans Saints because he had a lot of weapons around him and he had a great defense too. Teddy Bridgewater is not the type of quarterback that can pass for 300 yards and run your offense up and down the field. He's only going to produce really a couple points, like point scoring drives a game. You need a good defense to you know, help the foundation. Like if Teddy Bridgewater, there's going to be a lot of games where only gives you 17 or 21 points. Can is your defense good enough to make sure that's enough? And you also need playmakers. I do like this and the fact that the Panthers do have playmakers. Like Christian McCaffrey is an incredible playmaker, so I think he's a decent fit here. Uh, the Panthers' defense is eh. That scares me a little bit, but the, they've got a playmaker in like Christian McCaffrey, so that could help them. So I don't know. Everyone's rooting for Teddy Bridgewater to do well. I think they overpaid him a little bit, personally, but the quarterback market nowadays, everyone's paying these quarterbacks. Uh, the Panthers are going to take a chance on Teddy Bridgewater. I don't blame them for that. Maybe he works out. I don't know. Uh, I can't really say too much on the straight. Time's going to tell because I don't really feel that optimistic about it, but at the same time, I see where it could work. So it's a tough one. So I'm just going to have to wait and see until uh, I see what happens. Joe Scobert. Signing with Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he was on the Cleveland Browns. He went to the Pro Bowl, I believe, in like 2018 or 2017. And they signed him for five years, $53.8 million. That is an overpay. Okay? I love Joe. Uh, you know, he's had his Pro Bowl year. But I don't know if he'll ever make it back to the Pro Bowl, honestly. Um, and I just think five years, 53 mil is a reach, in my opinion. I don't think this is a very good deal uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let me keep looking here. All right, we already talked about Tom Brady. Jason Witten going to the Las Vegas Raiders. It's going to take a bit too of getting used to. It just doesn't make much sense, really, for me. Uh, not from the Raiders' standpoint. I like where the Raiders' head's at. Let's get a veteran in here because we need it. <laughs> they need a veteran. Um and I don't think their the contract was bad either. I just think of Jason Witten. Why would you go to the Raiders? Jason Witten, if anything, save the Cowboys, where you've been for your all you know your sixteen years of your career, or go somewhere where you're going to contend. You're not doing either one of those. You're not staying with the Cowboys, or you're not going. The Raiders are not contenders. I understand four point eight mil. You know, it's a decent amount. You know, I don't think a lot of teams would pay Jason Witten four point eight mil. So. I guess that makes sense from a money standpoint, but does Jason Witten need the money? He's already been paid a lot of money in Dallas. You know, when he's done, he I'm sure he could go back to broadcasting and make a good amount of money there. So I don't really think the money's a huge thing. I think for him, it's just about competing for a good team or just staying with the Cowboys, and he's not doing either one of those. Brian Beluga going to the Chargers, three years, 30 mil. Good deal for the Chargers. They're finally doing some work to that offensive line. I'm happy to see it. You know, I love Austin Eckler. Uh, hopefully he's on my fantasy team next year. So Brian Beluga definitely helps Austin Eckler out a little bit. So that doesn't hurt either. I think three years, 30 mil is a good deal uh, for the Chargers. Let's see. Uh, Phillip Rivers to the Colts, one year, 25 mil. I feel iffy. I don't think this is as good as everyone's saying. Uh, it's the same amount per year that Tom Brady's getting paid. And I know 
Philip Rivers probably wasn't going to settle for anything less than $21, $22 million a year, something like that. And the Colts clearly don't really believe that much in Jacoby Brissett anymore. You know, he looked like he was all right at the beginning of the year, but he kind of collapsed towards whew, voice crack, towards the end. Um, I like that it's only a one-year deal, though. They're not locked into him long-term. If he doesn't work out this one year, he'll probably retire after this year, honestly. But if it doesn't work out this season... They can just let him go. It's only a one-year thing. I know it's a big commitment for one year, $25 million, but I don't think they really had any other option at quarterback, so why not just roll the dice with Phillip Rivers? Uh, yeah, and hope maybe Jacoby Brissett another year of marinating. Uh, honestly, at this point, I just think we saw the best Jacoby Brissett can give, and that's what he gave at the beginning of the year because Jacoby Brissett had years he had a couple of years under Tom Brady, and then he came to Indianapolis, and he had a year or two under Andrew Luck. Like, what does he need now? If I'm under Phillip Rivers, too? I don't think so. I just think he's had enough time. I just think we know what we're getting from Jacoby Brissett, and I don't think it's going to get a whole lot better, honestly. So maybe they decide to draft the guy. I don't really know. But the Colts can definitely contend with a good quarterback. Jordan Howard going to the Dolphins two years, 10 mil. No, just no. It just, it's not. The Dolphins and Eagles love exchanging running backs. I will say that. They just, you know, Jay Ajayi and now Jordan Howard. I just know this move to me just, I don't like it. it. It just feels, no. I don't like it for Jordan Howard, really. I can just see him getting hurt there again. I don't like it really for the Dolphins either. I think they're overpaying Howard a little. I love Jordan Howard. Don't get me wrong. And I wouldn't say they're really overpaying him. I just don't like this move for Jordan Howard, really, personally. Why go to the Dolphins? That one, just no, because I love Jordan Howard. I don't want him to go to the Dolphins. Moving on. Randall Cobb to the Texans. Three years, 27 mil. So that's why you... That's why. The Tex... That's why. The Texans traded DeAndre Hopkins. For no apparent reason... For trash. They traded DeAndre Hopkins for trash. So they could overpay for Randall Cobb. The Texans are idiots. I like the Texans, too. I like Deshaun Watson. I like some of their players. They're ruining it. I, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb. That's not a terrible wide receiving core, but three years, 27 mil for Randall Cobb. I don't care if Randall Cobb plays the whole season. He's not worth that money. Never mind the fact that he's already injury-prone. He'll probably get hurt at some point. But even if he doesn't, he's not worth that money. The Texans are idiots. They are. It's a, it's it's dumb. I don't even know what else to say. That's so dumb. stupid. No, no. He was terrible last year, but just he's not worth $9 million a year over three. <laughs> my voice cracked again. Over three years. I'm telling you, my throat hurts. I've been ranting a lot today. Uh, Chase Daniel. <sighs> the Lions, Chase Daniel, three years, $13 million. Uh, dollars, yeah, 13.1, 13, same thing. Uh, that's an over $4 million a year. I think that's a little too much, but eh, it's it's not really a worthy move to get to. Uh, let's see. Uh, Blake Martinez, three years, 30 mil. Everyone hates this guy. And I know he struggled last year in the NFC Championship, and he struggled last year just kind of in general. I see the potential for Blake Martinez. He was decent. I've seen his upside with the Packers. I don't hate it. People just hate this guy, and I really don't. 
as much as some of these other people. Uh, Drew Brees back to the Saints, two years, 50 mil. Good move for both sides. Drew Brees gets to stay in New Orleans, make a decent amount of money. New Orleans gets to keep one of the best quarterbacks in the league that they've had for forever now. Kyle Van Noy to the Dolphins, four years, 51 mil. Uh, I think they overpaid for him, honestly. I understand why they'd want Van Noy. I think he's a good leader for them. I think he'll fit their system. It sucks to see him leave the Patriots. Not as bad as Tom Brady, but it still does suck to see him leave. But I do think the Dolphins overpaid for him a little bit. <sighs> Let's see. Is there anything else I really need to talk about? Oh, yeah. Arik Armstead going to the uh, extending his deal with the 49ers. Five years, $85 million. Um, he's a run-stuffing defensive lineman. He's very good, and he's very productive. He can take a lot of snaps as well. Uh, but I do think this deal's a little bit much. I, you know, five years, 78 mil, I think that's reasonable. Five years, 80 mil is reasonable. Five years, 85 mil's not terrible, but I do think they overpaid. I think almost you overpay for almost everybody at this point. Uh, Jamie Collins, another Patriots gone, three years, 30 mil. You saw what he did at the beginning of the year with the Patriots. You've seen his upside, and his downside was what he did on the second uh, half of the season. It was a tale of two seasons, really, for Jamie Collins. Like You saw his upside and downside in last season. So the uh, Matt Patricia is going to roll the dice with the guy he's coached for before. And he, the Lions like their... Um, Patriot guys, you know, they signed a lot last, you know, last offseason, they signed a lot of Patriots. And in the draft, they got TJ Hawkinson, who's basically a kind of like a mini Tom Brady in a way. Uh, not Tom, oh my God, mini Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I'm sorry. Amari Cooper extends his deal with Dallas five years, $100 million. I think this honestly shows just how much leverage the players, especially Amari Cooper, have. And the players add Amari Cooper's talent do like five years, hundred mil, twenty mil a year. Amari Cooper's a great wide receiver, and I'm not saying he's no doubt not worth that. I mean, I think that's an eh contract for the Cowboys. Like, I think Amari Cooper's worth more, like eighteen mil a year. Is that a huge difference? Not really, but the players have this leverage. Like, that was the type of deal Amari Cooper was looking for. Like, somewhere between ninety-four mil a year to hundred, uh, not a year <laughs> overall. It's like five years, ninety-four to hundred mil. He got the hundred mil, and it just shows how like a lot of these players at his talent, especially, have that type of leverage. And I wouldn't say it's a terrible deal for the Cowboys either. I'd say it's a win for a Cooper, and then it's an ideal for the Cowboys organization. The Stephon Diggs trade. This is a big one. I want to talk about the Bills separately after this as well. The Vikings got a twenty twenty first, fifth, sixth. Round pick and the 2021 fourth. Okay. And then the Bills got Stefan Diggs in a seventh. Um, this is a pretty even trade, I think. The Vikings, I th- were really trying to get rid of Stefan Diggs. You know, after last year, you kind of bowed mouth Kirk Cousins a little bit in the organization. They do have Adam Thielen. I'm interested. I do think they should target a wide receiver early on in the draft because Adam Thielen's great and all, but that's really all they really have. Sorry, really, uh, I keep saying those words. But they now have a lot of assets. Um, But for the Bills, I think this is a good trade. They need some weapons. Uh, Josh Allen's got a cannon for an arm, and you need to give him some weapons. Yeah, they called Beasley, John Brown. They have some wide receivers, but I want to see them get another one. I think this is great. I love what the Bills are doing this offseason. They've been one of the best teams. They have a ton of cap space. That's what I love about the Buffalo Bills is they already have a good defense. They have good young players. They think they've got something in Josh Allen. They don't have a ton of holes to fill in. Yeah, they could use a couple offensive linemen. I think 
they just got their receiver that they need now. So I think they're good there. And, you know, pieces here or there on defense, try to add a little more youth around guys like Tredavious White on defense. But they're looking good. They're spending their money wisely. Like, they're not burning it all up, but they're also using some of it. That's what I wanted to see. And I love what the Buffalo Bills are doing right now. All right. Um, Let's keep looking. Some deals we can talk about. Byron Jones to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he was with the Cowboys last year, but he's moved on. This is another player from the NFC East going now to the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins seem like, yeah, they have a ton of cap space. They're starting to spend some of it. Like, the Dolphins think, you know what? We may be that this is young rebuilding team, but let's spend some of our money. They got Jordan Howard. They got Kyle Van Noy. They're getting Byron Jones now, and they're building up. Like, they have a ton of holes on their roster. There's really not much – there's not really much talent on the roster. I guess I can just say that. They haven't really filled in many of their holes, but they've got a ton of draft picks now, and they have a ton of money. They're spending some of it. I don't know how much I love this move, though, because – Jones is a great cornerback, so at least they got that. But at the same time, it's like five years, $82.5 million is a lot. So if he flops in Miami, that and he potentially could. And I think they did overpay him as well. That I mean, every team's overpaying everyone because the players have the leverage. But so I just got to stop saying that. Uh, Bears signed Jimmy Graham, two years, 16 mil. Wow. Uh, Bears, I'm glad they're aiming for a tight end and some player that's not in their front seven that cannot contribute to their front seven, but that is so – that's overpaying a half. Like, Jimmy Graham was on the Packers last year. He did nothing. He gave you, like, two games of production. Like, he doesn't do anything. And you're giving him eight mil a year over the next two. Like, yeah, we've seen what Jimmy Graham can do in Seattle, but Jimmy Graham's not that type of player anymore. And I think the Bears see something that's just not there. This is a terrible deal for Chicago. Um, uh, let me look. Case Keenum went to the uh, Browns three years, 18 mil. Uh, we saw him have that one kind of Cinderella year with the Vikings, but he was with the Broncos, flopped there, and he was with the Redskins last year, flopped there. So ever since that year, two years ago, it just hasn't worked out. But eh, I guess they're giving him one more shot, but uh, we'll see. The DeForest Buckner trade. 49er trade DeForest Buckner got a first round pick that's going to be 13th overall. It's already settled because this is the Colts' first round pick this year, and the Colts got DeForest Buckner. It's clear getting Phillip Rivers, getting Buckner. The Colts think they can make some sort of push this season for the postseason. Uh, kind of run there a little bit. Uh, I don't think this is a phenomenal trade for either side. The 49ers have a loaded front seven, and their defense is built off their front seven. So I guess, you know, you can let one guy go. So I don't think this is terrible because they get a first-round pick. Now, if anybody won the trade, I think it's the 49ers because they already have so many D-linemen. And I think that was a lot of their thing. Their depth at D-line, too, allowed them to rotate the guys in and out. Everyone was well-rested come playoff time. It gave offenses these types of different looks. But at the same time, you can't keep everybody. So getting rid of Buckner for a first uh, it is a decent move for them. I think for the Colts, it's not a terrible move either. You help your, out your defense and your front seven a little bit. He's going to help stop the run. Buckner will, and he'll put a little pressure on the quarterback. 
So I don't think this is a bad move for either. I think this is a win-win trade in my opinion. Uh, and I say that's a that's about all I've got to say, really. Um, yeah, I'm not here to talk about everything. There are definitely some other things that I could talk about. Oh, the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Totally forgot about this. I wrote an article on it. Forgot. Of course I did. This trade. Woo! I, I felt like I already talked about because I was talking about DeAndre Hopkins earlier with the Randall Cobb thing, and I wrote an article on it, so I felt like I've cleared this up. I don't know what the Texans were doing. That is, I I didn't see it coming. At the, that day, the reports. I was sleeping. I woke up, and heard the news. It turns out the hours coming up to that. It was reported that DeAndre Hopkins would be on the move, but I was sleeping for most of those hours, so I didn't know. But I was just like, wow, I can't believe the Texans are that dumb. You trade DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the league, and a fourth-round pick for David Johnson in a second and another fourth. You essentially swapped fourth-round picks, so those cancel each other out. So you essentially traded DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the league, for David Johnson. A, de- a starter level, but still declining running back that's injury prone and somewhat inconsistent as well. And a 2020 second round pick. Not to mention, David Johnson makes more big uh, more George Washingtons a year than DeAndre Hopkins does. So financially now, they're in a worse spot. For the t- Cardinals, this is an amazing trade. You give Kyler Murray, just your, this, this, how can you say no to this? Kyler Murray gets yet another weapon in DeAndre Hopkins. It's going to help him out a ton. That's good. He's, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a great fit in their offense. And all they had to do was give up David Johnson a second, and they're in a better spot financially. Now they have more money that they can spend upgrading the defense, uh, getting you know their new running back because now they're going to need somebody there. But this is a phenomenal trade for the Cardinals. I have no idea what the Texans are doing. I'm not going to spend too long on this because you guys already know how absurd this was. I've talked about all this a lot already, but I just can't believe how dumb are you? Oh, yeah, and Austin Hooper. Four years, 44 mil. Uh, Too many years, I think. If this was two to three years for 22 or 33 million dollars, I'd be happy. Hooper had a great year last year. He was a sleeper of mine from the offseason, and he ended up showing up big time. He was the best tight end in fantasy before he got hurt, Uh, and I had him. He's a steal. So, I mean, I think they got lucky. I, Hooper won't be the same, I don't think, especially I think he's very good fit in Atlanta. Cleveland, that's debatable. I just think it's too many years because if Hooper doesn't produce close to the, at least somewhat the same level, like if he kind of just flops, which he very well could, this is a busted deal because now you're with them for four more years for 11 mil per. And that's just not a good spot to be in. I'd say that's about it. Uh, Kirk Cousins... Everyone already knows about that, though. Two years, $66 million. They, they extended them again. This is more just stuff that I've... Some of it I've kind of forgot about. Others you just know already about it. Like Kirk Cousins, you already know. Yeah, I, I'm done. Uh, Devin McCourty, two years, 23 mil. I think that was a good deal for the Patriots. And Devin McCourty is a win-win right there. Uh, I think I'm about done, honestly. Because all these moves from... Four days ago, you guys already know about. You already know you've already got the breakdown, so I want to catch up on more of the most recent stuff. Uh, 
as much as I'd love to sit here and talk about every little move, I know that's not going to interest you guys. So thank you guys for listening. It's going to wrap up today's episode. I just, I'm praying free agency gives us some more juicy headlines because if there's nothing more from free agency, I've got nothing to talk about. I'm not going to retire this podcast until sports. Like that's a question I've actually received a couple of times. Am I, is no, because I still have NFL free agency and I can talk, I can come out here and maybe make a hypothetical po- uh, podcast, you know, like, oh, what if, you know, what are some options? I don't know. There's not going to be much to talk about. Let's just say that. NFL free agency is only going to last for so long. The draft is in April, so we're only in March right now. Combines passed us. So there's not really too much to talk about at the moment with the coronavirus going on. Uh, Just wish for the best. I've found the coronavirus fine. I'm doing just fine. The self-quarantine is obviously great. I don't have to go to school. I don't have to listen to the kids at my school. I don't have to do any of that. I don't like them. No, I'm good. I don't like most of them. I like my friends. That's about it. All the rest of them are annoying. I don't care. So I've done just fine, but uh, good luck. That's all I'll say. And um, I just can't wait for sports to be back. That's that's about all I have to say. Calling on the Anchor mobile app. uh, Sending a message just like my good friend Ben did earlier. We'll follow my Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk, all lowercase no spaces, and that's at After the Buzzer Sports Talk, all lowercase no spaces for sports content and podcast updates because we all know how inconsistent my posting schedule is. So hopefully, I get uh, some more stuff to talk about in the sports world uh, over these next this next month or two, really. But we'll have to see. So uh, thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time.